Welcome to Reading and Ranting, where we read obsessively and rant about life in our 20s. I'm Mia. And I'm Carly. And on today's episode, we're diving into Carissa Broadbent's universe with her Daughter of No World and Crowns of Neaxia series. These books are our go-tos for those struggling with your Akatar hangover, Sarah J. Mass hangover. So pop an Advil, grab some cold pizza, and let's get into this hangover cure. Like, this book series is just number one reason why me and I weren't extremely depressed after finish finishing the Massiverse. Um, they just hit that, like, it just scratched that itch that we needed after. Like, the plot was there. The world building was there. The romance was there. It just hit, like, every, like, box that I needed to be checked. And it's the first thing that made me, like sit on my couch and basically just read for four hours straight after I read Akatar. Like I hadn't felt that feeling until I read Daughter of No Worlds, which I read before the serpent um of the king, what is it called? The serpent in the wings of night series. <laughs> yeah. So I read the long, these... long name. <laughs> yeah. So I read these before Carly did. And they were actually the first books that I read. Both both series are on Kindle Unlimited. And they were the first series that I read on Kindle Unlimited. I pour through these books I didn't realize how long they are like because like when you're reading on your Kindle like you I just like fly through these books I did not realize how long they are they're like 500 600 page romantic books and I was in shock that I devoured them so quickly I think I read the first like Daughter of No Worlds book in in less than 24 hours like same thing I just like literally hibernated with the book yeah, Daughter of No Worlds is, is I think for these two series it's honestly my preference like I really loved this one and um crowns and yaxia series is also really great it's actually unfinished so she's still currently writing more books but and they're both amazing but yeah daughter of no worlds was just like that i'm obsessed to read like no one bother me until i'm done with this book but let's get into the plot a little bit mia why don't you give us a little synopsis Uh, So for a reminder, or if you haven't happened to read this book yet, so the premise is that um, at the the onset of the book, the main female character, Tizana, is a slave and she escapes her abusive master and she flees to basically this like military commune training site for magicians. So she's always known she has magic, but she's never had the opportunity to train it because she was sold into slavery at seven years old. Um, and so she's paired to be mentored with Max Antarius Farleone or Max, which is literally like the best fantasy male character name I think of all time. Just side note. Yeah, I love and it. I love him. So he was a general in the army of this military and he retired after like this huge battle um, and he retired. So he like was not involved anymore. But basically, he's paired to be Tisana's trainer. And so it's this kind of like slow burn, forced proximity, friends to lovers trope, which like we love those tropes. Um, and basically, Tizana is fighting for the military to take action and intervene intervene for the empire that's enslaving other nations. But to do so, she basically has to like make a deal with the devil, with the head of the military, to become a weapon for the army to gain basically like their support. And the second and third books end up having a huge plot twist, and I won't say anything more, but such a unique world building and premise like the magic system is very unique all of the kingdom politics like very intriguing so overall just like an incredible fa- romantic fantasy world 
Yeah, this one almost reminds me, it's like Game of thrones in a way where there's different nations, there are different languages. Like, it's actually a really cute subplot of the first book where Tasana is learning the new language of um, the military training site, like the nation that that's in. So she's learning the language and her mentor, Max, is obviously fluent in that language. He grew up there and he basically starts speaking this, what they call like the Tasana speak, where he could understand her even when she could like barely speak the language like she'd be like book pencil and he'd be like got it like (laughs) and it was so cute um obviously she eventually becomes like fluent but Tisana herself she's like extremely empathetic female main character I feel like she's very much like the angel even though she was a slave and as a slave she was like prostituted to a lot of the rich men in her lord and master's like community and also was forced to sleep with her slave master um but even through that all like she doesn't really let those scars on her back show through in her personality so she's a very lovable character and she just like plays the innocent role like even though she's a warrior she kind of gives that like you know smiley like optimistic like you know self she just is that like smiley girl and i love it very golden retriever energy and that goes into play with her relationship with max because they have this like cute mentor relationship where he didn't want to teach her and he was like the grumpy you know black hat and she's like the golden retriever raised sunshine so it's like that sort of relationship but he's obviously her mentor he didn't want to teach her he was like no leave my house obviously opens up to it and then comes to love her and then they fall in love of course yeah so I think like what makes Tizana like just like stand out as a female main character like one of the best characters that like I've related to is just kind of like her endless like optimism and hope and like drive to like commit to making this better world and like the vision that she has for a better world and like fighting for it and basically like not taking no for an answer and like forcing basically forcing like the military complex like to see the ugly truth like of the conflict um and so it was just like a really I just like love her character so much mm-hmm. but there's just so many good characters in this book other than Tasana and Max like we have like you know there's always in the books like the witty guy best friend like we have Samuel who's such a witty guy best friend like he meets Tasana and immediately likes her so it's basically like that relationship where him and Tasana get on immediately and like Max is still on that why are you liking her Samuel like she needs to leave so it's just a really cute like trio kind of you know trope and Samuel is just a great like male best friend to Max like he's like the witty counterpart um to Max's grumpy yeah he's like a bit of like the comedic relief but then also like very like insightful and like a well flushed outside character and Samuel also has a trainee who's like this 12 year old kid named Moth and any literally any scene with Moth is just like so adorable it's so funny so if you end up reading these books like look out for those yeah but I just I think what I loved most about the first book, at least, is that Tasana, since she has so much hope and positivity, she brings that all into Max's life. So this first book, it's less and like again, we'll try not to be too like spoilery if you ever want to if you want to read Daughter of No Worlds, but 
it basically it focuses less on the action and more of like the relationship building so it's kind of one of those more like fluffy books but I personally love a fluffy read and of course it gets less fluffy as the series goes on like it gets more action-packed but I just like how the first book she dedicates it mostly to like the relationship building between all the characters because it makes you really get to know the characters and also love them yeah and I think like that's the thing too oh and also how she structured the book it's you get to Zana's point of view to start with and then like halfway through it switches to Max's so you get Mm -hmm. to see him like slowly falling in love with her too um but I think like the thing about like how slowly she builds up the relationship is that it really shows like how kind of like scarred and guarded both of them were like from their respective backgrounds and they kind of initially like didn't really trust each other and didn't understand like the worlds that they came from because they were literally like on opposite ends of the spectrum like of like the war of the politics from different countries didn't speak the same language but even though they came from those different backgrounds like they finally were able to like slowly open up to each other when like they'd never really had someone like that before um like both of them were very kind of like lonely and alone and like had to take care of themselves and Mm. Max basically like before Tizana came into his life had been living like a complete recluse like it's literally like a plot point that he's like yeah like I'm not made for this like I tend to my garden and I like sit in my cottage <laughs> in like in a meadow. I love I love it it's like yeah it's like that you know grumpy old man commentary where he's always like I'm not like they go into the crowded city and he's like I'm not made for this like yeah. like think of what your dad would say if he like walked into some like super gen z like party or somewhere really crowded like i can imagine my dad he'd be like oh i'm not made for this you know like it's just <laughs> it, there's it's a, that's why it's a very like cute book and you just really get to love both of the characters and max is also a different main character like romantic um counterpart because a lot of our like these fantasy books especially in akatar a lot of the guys are super like broody and um powerful and they're very much like i'll kill whoever did this to you and like he is kind of like that but i also feel like he's more of like a let's avoid conflict unless we really need it like don't get me wrong he's a super powerful warrior and he'll like make all these important decisions when he needs to but at the end of the day he's like I want to stay home and avoid all of this which like I can relate to that I'm like yeah Max like me too it was so real yeah I also I also love that like he is extremely powerful but like he never really uses it to like upstage to Zana or anything like that like he's like the male main character that like he just like stands by and supports her no matter what I think like one of my favorite quotes is you were the one that wanted to save the world and I just wanted to save you like throughout like all of the books like exactly like he wants to like avoid the conflict and like just protect her he's like just like run away with me like blah 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 like I want to keep you safe and like she's the one being like no I absolutely will not stand for this injustice like this is my war I'm gonna fight it blah 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 um and so like he does for her and he protects her Tassana is definitely very like it's like Katniss Everdeen energy where she's like this is my responsibility to like save the world because something that's you know very interesting in this book like we said, is the magic system and then like the political and warfare intrigue. So like Sasana is very like, I need to stand up for what's right, protect the slaves, protect the people that 
um, you know, or like less considered less in the world. And Max, of course, cares about that. But like Mia said, at the end of the day, he's he's kind of more removed from like the politics in the world. Like he doesn't at the end of the day care about what happens in the world. Like he just wants Tasana to be safe and he just wants both of them to be kind of like removed from it. And of course in the end he like follows Tasana's lead. But I always love when it's like the woman in the romantic relationship is like, no, we have to do this. And the guy's like, okay, guess I'll do it. Like I'll follow you. Like I feel like that was kind of very Farah and like um resand vibes. Like he, you know, she was like, we have to open Valaris to all the people so they, they can escape the war. And he was like, I'll do whatever you want, sweetie. But like, she was the one calling the shots. And I always love a girl calling the shots. But I feel like that's a lot of romanticity. We love the powerful girlies. Yeah, definitely. And she's just like a fucking badass. Like literally, like she's, she's, I, I love her. I just love her character so much. And I love Max so much. He literally like this book is so extremely criminally underrated. Like I know that Serpent in the Wings of Night has like really blown up on book talk. Like I'm sure if you're in that community, like you've seen it and heard about it a million times this mm-hmm. year, but Daughter of No Worlds was her first series, and it's so good, like so good. Like I just want you yeah. guys to know. No, like I, like I said, I preferred this series, and it's more similar to Akatar because it's Fae versus Serpent. The Wings of the Night is vampires. Like obviously, mm-hmm. we love vampires. We, me and I were Twilight stands back in the day, but or still, honestly, <laughs> <laughs> but. But like, yeah, I just something about Daughter No World. I I personally liked the main characters more than in Serpent and the Wings and Night, and I think that's ultimately what made the story like so enticing. It's the characters in this book. Like, yes, the world building is really cool and like interesting to read, but the characters for me is what made this book like so special. Yeah, a hundred percent. But I guess to get into Serpent and the Wings and Night. Well, you know, we'll give it we'll give it its fair shot, even though we love, love, love Daughter of No Worlds. We also like I enjoyed Serpent of the Wings of Night, like you said. Like it was just like it was a different read, like because it was vampires. Mm-hmm. So basically Definitely like the different. Yeah. So like the synopsis here is basically like there's three different kingdoms of vampires and the current vampire king, his adopted daughter. And so she enters this tournament to the death that basically is like a huge honor and it only happens every hundred years and it's hosted by like the goddess of their world neaxia and basically the main female main character raya is entering this tournament to like win glory for her father the king um and the male main character is obviously also part of this tournament and so Mm -hmm. and he's a vampire and, and he is she's a, a, he's a vampire. He's a vampire, but she's a human. Um, like she goes into this being human. She's the only human that's ever participated in this tournament because it's all vampires, and obviously they're a lot stronger and faster than she is. But like like Mia said, she's the adopted daughter of the vampire king, and also the winner of this tournament. It does. It's not just glory that they win; they all get like a wish from the goddess Neaxia. So that's why everyone has like different intentions for, you know, the glory and the wish. But she basically is participating just to make her father proud. Her and her dad have a very interesting relationship. Like they both love each other so much, but it's also very, very tense relationship. Like he isn't really supposed 
supposed to show any love since he's the vampire king but he does love her but like shows it in a kind of toxic relationship way i always thought it was kind of weird too where like because he's a vampire he obviously looks young so i think they basically kind of look the same age during the book um actually the her um love interest thinks that they're having sex like when he they when they first meet and she was like we are not having sex like shut the fuck up but everyone is no one understands because she's very hidden away no one really understands who she is and like why he took her in as an adopted daughter like why did this vampire adopt a human it doesn't make sense so of course the um, male main character rain assumes the worst but it's not true like they are not having sex he truly is a father figure in her life um but yeah rain and also like me and I, we don't hate Rain. Like, he's a good love interest, but he is a redhead. <laughs> we'll give him a pass. Um, but just in me and I opinions, and it's not like if you're a redhead, like, I, I think redheads are beautiful, but it's just, like, not, at least in men, it's not really my type. Typically, it depends. Like, but I just think when we think about him, he's the least attractive to me and like he's the least attractive love interest i've read in a lot of the romantic books i've read and like max and Terrius in daughter in a world is definitely more of that like brown hair tall me and i's type to a t um but rain does have a great personality like he's really funny yeah no he can still get it but like it's funny because yeah, like I, I, I remember like reading the description where he's like literally like long He's like, like long, shoulder length long red, red hair. hair like i'm like it's like lucian vibes from akatar yeah which people which are like, into lucian but yeah lucian also is- rain is lucian but rain is described as being like super muscly so it's like imagine the like long red hair paired with being like buff like it's just yeah. a weird combination i know so it's kind of an ick so like loki in my head i just pictured him completely differently <laughs> i just like didn't want to think yeah. about him like you're that. like ignoring the like yeah what she gave us yeah pretty much but basically like throughout the whole book and like harley like we said at the beginning this is an unfinished series but the first two books are out along with a novella um but it's like really interesting like pretty much like keeps you guessing like plot twists almost left and right i will say some of them were like a little bit predictable um but Mm -hmm. I thought, like, it just, like, really hooks you, and it's just, like, a fun read. Like, I also kind of, like, blasted through this. Yeah, definitely. It's a fun read, like, especially with the tournament. I really enjoyed reading that, and, like, it's always so interesting. It's, like, Hunger Games vibes. Like, who doesn't love reading about a tournament to the death? Um, But something that really got me in the end, I think what I do love about this story that Daughter of the Worlds, Daughter of No Worlds doesn't have is, like we said, the, like, fucked up father-daughter story because in so many of these like I think in Akatar we kind of see like Farah, Nesta and Elaine's father but we don't really get to see their relationship in depth versus in this like you get to see Araya and her father's relationship and I feel like in a lot of romantic books I haven't really read like a super in-depth parent relationship story so I thought that was really interesting and Araya's father ends up being a very interesting character in the end yeah, and so I thought it was just, like, really interesting, like, definitely, like, how complex the relationship is. And, yeah, I feel like in a lot of romances, like, there's not really the parental figures because most of the time it's just, like, focused on whatever, like, the female or male main character. And, like, usually they're, like, hyper-independent. Like, it's just, like, their life story. Like, I feel like most of the time their parents are dead. 
Um, and so mm -hmm. it's, it's just really interesting to get into because it also speaks to like their society because it's basically extremely segregated in the kingdom between humans and vampires and like um, the other vampire kingdoms are like attacking his kingdom and like humans are getting caught in the crossfire and like um, that's how Araya's family died um, and why she was orphaned and then like Vincent the vampire king takes her in and it's just like this really interesting outlook and then basically she's like living in the palace as like the adopted princess and on the side she like is a vampire hunter <laughs> like, yeah she's like a vampire slayer yeah they so always have to have the little like passion project side hustles yeah. you know no. <laughs> all like the female main characters in all these books uh, but no she's she's a powerful like female main character even though she's a human like she has drive she also like Asana wants to do better for the world like she wants to protect people who don't have protection already like she has very good intentions so even though her father is very power hungry like she doesn't have the same outlook on life yeah exactly so overall like also like a five-star read like I loved it like they are just like both very different books but also I think that just speaks to how amazing uh Carissa Broadbent is and like how unique her writing is and like the range as an author yeah exactly like I I don't know how many books Serpent and the Wings of Night like the Crowns and Neaxia series will be I think maybe four or five but or maybe just three um I wish that Daughter in a World honestly had more books like I loved it so much like it didn't even have to end at three I would have kept reading yeah no 100% um especially because the story goes in like a really unique way but yeah we'll we'll see how Sibbert in the Wings of Night goes it's amazing and I will say also like just like the way that the books are written are just like it just makes it so easy to read and like so easy it's just like great prose like great writing like I'm a Carissa Broadbent stan I, I'm just so obsessed with her I love her mm -hmm. Carissa if yeah. you ever listen to this or see our TikTok clips of this and us talking about you I love you <laughs> all right now time for our favorite section of the podcast our rant and today we're going to be talking about how to let our guard down so like we mentioned, Max in the Daughter of No World series is a very grumpy, protected character. He doesn't want to let anyone in. And Mia and I are Max. We have very anxious attachment styles, and I think probably a lot of people can relate to that. I just think in our own lives, we all have our walls up, but especially Mia and I feel that after our breakups, our walls are very high like after a romantic breakup after some of our friendship breakups like it's really hard to let people in when you've been burned in the past and we'll be talking about some of our experiences with that but also how we try not to let it like win how we try not to let the walls go completely up because it's always best yes it's good to be guarded but you always want to have one wall down you want to be open to life and letting people in yeah, exactly. So I think like one of the things for me and like definitely see Max in myself is that, like you said, after just kind of like being burned and like even like a little bit jaded, like I can like feel myself like slip into that mindset like really easily. And like it definitely has taken like work and therapy and reflection and journaling to like understand like this part of myself and like why I think like this and like feel like this. But yeah, basically, I think, like, in my experiences, like, I've definitely gone through um, experiences where I felt, like, 
I've lost friends who like basically chose to end the friendship with me. And that was like, I was younger, like middle school, high school. And that was like really extremely hurtful. Like they, you know, we were going through experiences where they basically were like, I just can't be your friend anymore. Like you're not a good person. And I was like, okay. Um, mm-hmm. During a time when like I was going through a lot, like I've talked about this before, but like had had some really severe mental health struggles and like, that's just like always sad when like you lose like who you thought was like your person. Um, And that's in like a friendship even, but especially like you said, romantic relationships, like we've both gone through serious breakups, like in the last year, Um, like all of my previous breakups, like did not end on great terms. Like that's just like been my experience, but it can Mm -hmm. be so hard to like move forward and move on when you have those walls up and like you you feel like you can't be open and like you're scared of getting hurt and that's like like we talked about it a little bit like that's where max's headspace was like he didn't want to open up and love tizana because he was scared like basically every person he's ever had has been like taken away from him and like i feel like that's like a similar just kind of like fear Yeah, it's the anxious attachment style. I mean, it's like once you've had that loss, it's like after a breakup, you never want to feel that again because you know how horrible it is. But like, I know that when I talk to my therapist, she's always like, you just have to let yourself live and it's going to happen. Like you got through it once, you will get through it again. But obviously so many times I'm like, no, I'm good. I don't want to go through it again. Um, But yeah, I think friendship breakups are really tough. Like I've had similar experiences to Mia where, you know, it's ended because, you know, they didn't want to be there for me. And that is obviously really hurtful. Again, it does show you who your real friends are. But I've also just had friendship breakups out of circumstance, which like don't like make you feel good. It makes you feel like, am I the shitty person? Like who is in the wrong here? And it makes you want to like put your guard up and just not really let other people in because you start thinking, oh, is it me? Like, am I the problem but I think that it's like things like that will always happen I'm sure you did something wrong they did something wrong but like you have to continue going forwards and like for friends continue trying to make more friends because you can always make more friends like one relationship doesn't determine another and in my own romantic experience my relationship actually ended on a pretty good note but that also was really hard because I almost feel like when you when it ends poorly, you can move on so clearly because you know it was so bad that you would never go back to it. But with a good ending, it's like you're going to compare everyone to that person. And I find that my guard is up with like new men because I'm constantly comparing them to what I've had in the past. And sometimes, yeah, I'm like, oh, well, they're doing this better than my ex. But a lot of the times it's like I think back to how close I felt to this person and I'm like I cannot let someone in like that again like I was so close to my ex and I just can't imagine doing that again so it's like my walls are just up because I don't know how to like act like that with someone else with with, because it feels like almost like a betrayal even though we're not together anymore yeah no exactly especially when you feel like okay like I this person like has seen like the deepest and like darkest sides of me and like like then like eventually chose like not to stick by me and it's just almost like that's like so hurtful because you're now thinking like okay well like this person like knew all of these things about me and like now like how am I supposed to like share those again with someone new but it's like it has to be a conscious choice and like it's kind of funny like now thinking about it because 
even like when we first met and I think we talked about this in like our very first episode about like how our friendship started but like mm-hmm. very early on like I was like extremely open with you like we felt so comfortable opening up to each other so I think it also goes to show that like with the right person like you can like let your walls down and let your guard down easier and like it should like that is like healthy and like normal so like it should feel like that like don't settle for a hundred percent yeah I know that's why I know that it's not always easy off the bat but like I feel like you know it's the right person like romantic and friendship wise we're just like immediately you're comfortable because I'm not like a pro at dating guys I've only had one serious relationship but I do remember like with my ex I immediately felt comfortable with him and then exactly like I have such a strong friendship with Mia and like we basically after like obviously we knew each other at work but after hanging out like one time we were like okay so let's trauma dump on each other um as we do in the podcast now so I think you just know and I think also you can like outgrow friendships so you have to remember like don't put your guard up when things end because there are a lot of reasons why that thing like ended and ultimately it probably was best for your life for it to end like a lot of the friendships that have ended for me I feel like I try to think back and think oh rather than think oh I wish I still had that friendship I'm just like you know what it was bound to end at that point we had a good run but like let's move on and like hopefully you know I never want to risk ill on other people but it's like that's the thing you always have to wish well for everyone because that will like that will raise your guard if you're like kind of like resentful if you're like oh fuck those people like they did me dirty you're always gonna have that outlook towards friends and kind of be waiting for them to like snipe you but if you're kind of like let's just like let that wash down it happened like wish the best for them we'll both move on with our lives and like I'm gonna move on with mine then like you're going to move on and your guard won't go up like if that makes sense, I hope it makes sense. But that's the way I try to think about it. Like, and it's so hard, especially at first. I'm like, I just want to be like, fuck that person. I hope that they get like, hope that they get broken up with. I hope they lose their job. No, but like, I do try to really just think, I hope that this person like does well because we were friends at one point. And even though it ended and like, it sucked, you know, I just think like, it's the best way to not have this like anxious attachment style. Cause you're always ready if you're wanting the worst to happen then you're also always ready for the worst to happen to you so it's like that positive outlook like if you has a, have a positive outlook you'll be like more open to things in the world yeah no exactly and I'm like honestly the same way like I really try and just like put like good energy out there like especially like when you do like have a history and like you've had love for someone whether it's romantic platonic um just being like you know what yes like wish you all the best like I'm not gonna let this like scar me or like I'm not gonna hold on to this like pain or hurt like you kind of just like have to let it go so even though like the longer you have your guard up the harder it is to put down like it is something that like you can just constantly work on yeah exactly I mean as Mia said like I have had my own experiences of having my guard up I think I basically had my guard up until my first relationship and I just remember like that year I think my guard was down pretty much that entire year before I even got into my first relationship. But I was having so many experiences because my guard was down. Like even in terms of dating, I never really dated because I didn't let people date me. Like I'm sure people out there wanted to date me, but I just did not let anyone date me. And then finally my guard went down 
and like senior year of college I just was like going on so many dates having so many experiences and yes some of them ended poorly did not make me feel good about myself like ended friendships things like that but in the end like I was open to experiences and then it led me to like being in a loving relationship for a while so I always think I'm like that year was so positive for me and I'm like still trying to go back to that Carly because that Carly was guards down like optimism like loving the world and things change like you can be like that and then kind of regress but you should always think back to like that one point I'm sure everyone has a point in their lives where they're very guards down and just be like that is the goal like that is the end goal I want to be like that because you'll probably think back and be like that was the best version of myself On the next episode of Reading and Ranting, we are so ready to get into some of our favorite characters, Zodiac signs, and break down some of our thoughts. Mia is very excited about this one as our resident astrology girly. And we're always looking for book recs, so if you have a suggestion, shoot us a DM on TikTok at Reading and Ranting Pod or email readingandrantingpod at gmail.com. Until next time, happy reading, besties. Bye.